0: Hey, 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 good people! It is your friend Rashan Ali. I hope you are doing very well today. I think I may say that every single episode, but hey, I do hope you're doing very well today. Today is January the sixteenth, so I'd love to wish a happy Founders Day to all of the lovely ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Incorporated. Yesterday was my Founders Day, so shout out to all of the amazing members of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And this past Saturday, the devastating divas of DST celebrated their Founders Day. So shout out to all the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta. So happy, happy Founders Days to everybody. Much love from the coolest soror you know. (laughs) It's me, Rashad Ali. We've got a great show for you today. Absolutely amazing. This co-sor of Alpha Kappa Alpha, Sonia Jackson-Miles, is going to drop some major gems during this episode. She talked about having an amazing, like when I say an amazing career in corporate America, to being called to start a movement called The Sister Accord. And she will tell you all about it. Not only is she just an amazing visionary, she's an author. And she does quite a bit of one-on-one coaching with executives, celebs, housewives, entrepreneurs. Whatever you are, she can coach you up. And you will understand why after you hear this amazing episode. It is truly, truly life-changing i love it so here she is sonia jackson miles with the sister accord enjoy you know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself
1: i'm a cool soror
0: I'm hey y'all i am a cool soror of what's up y'all i'm a cool soror of hi i am
1: a cool soror of
0: Podcast hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. It is always <laughs> a pleasure to have someone who paved the way for you, and Sonia Jackson Miles has done just that because she is my sore. But I will let everyone else tell you. Will tell. I will let her tell you. You are a cool sore of. Alpha Kappa Alpha
1: Sorority Incorporated.
0: Sonia Jackson-Miles joins the Cool Soar podcast. She is a visionary founder and CEO of the Sister Accord LLC, my big sister from the Beta Alpha chapter, spring 1989. Of course, we (laughs) will get into that a little bit later, but thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, Sonia?
1: I am just on cloud 109. (laughs) I just wake up with so much joy because I am walking in purpose and designing my destiny. I love it. And it took you a while to figure out
0: what that was. I think that is with everyone and everybody's journey but i gotta go all the way back you have so many wonderful accolades because you did graduate graduate summa cum laude from florida university with a bs in business administration and an mba in marketing and then you went into corporate america and you blew it up you blew it up and you have been recognized for all of your work so take me back there when you were walking the corporate walk
1: Wow, you know, you're taking me back a, a ways. Not really that long because I'm only 21, but we're, we'll, right, talk right. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But, you know, it's, you know, FAMU prepared me well Yes. for the world of, of corporate America because that is a place where um, it's not for the faint at heart. And so uh, what was really important for me, and this is what FAMU did for me, was to know who I was. Yes. And so I figured that out early in life so that when I showed up, mm-hmm. I could show up ready Yes. in corporate America. And as a matter of fact, I think we need to do more of that for our young people even today. Uh, so I, I went there being very comfortable in my skin and I knew that I had to operate in excellence. Yes. Fam, you had taught me that. My parents had taught me that. But what was really important for me as I started my corporate uh, career was to be the voice for the voiceless, to be hope for the hopeless. Simply because I had been able to go in and establish the relationships that I needed to have, so that I could have a seat at the table. Right. So once I got a seat at the table. And I was able to really, truly understand what was going on and how the inner workings of the organization were were going. I said, well, it's time for me to make sure that I'm not the only one sitting at this table. And that was my motto all throughout my corporate career. How can I serve others? Because I knew that it wasn't about me. Right. How did
0: you go about doing that in a corporate setting?
1: Understanding the inner workings of the organization. I really studied the system so that I could understand what my strategy needed to be. Okay. And so I looked at the folks who were making the decisions. And it's not always the people with the titles. Mm. I looked at who really had the power, who was on first, who was on second, who right. was really making things happen. And I made sure that I established meaningful, deep relationships with those people. Right. Once I did that, it gave me the credibility that I needed to be able to open the door for other people. Yeah. And
0: did you tap into, I know you tapped into a lot of uh, FAMU talent to open, that you opened the
1: door for them. Absolutely. And so one of the first things that I did when I went to Ford Motor Company was, okay, um, I'm looking around here. I don't see a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't see a lot of people in these different uh, levels. What are we doing? Right. And they said, "Well, we're having trouble finding people." Oh, really? Well, I have a solution for that. Right. And that's when I started uh, putting together a team across the entire organization that would go back to FAMU mm. and ultimately gave millions of dollars to FAMU. But would we'll go back to FAMU so that we could have FAMUans in a variety of disciplines across the organization.
0: Wow! So you you were the author primarily of that pipeline.
1: Yeah, and I'm just so excited. You know, when I look at some of the people, yes. oh my gosh, yes, who are at that company and doing, you know, our soror. Yes, Crystal. We go in Dubai. Yes, that's my line I, sister. I hired her. You hired I, my her. line sister. Wow. Fired her, and so when I see what she's doing, when I see Nicole Petit, who's in purchasing and a manager, you know, I see all these folks that I um, recruited there, and I'm just like, wow! It brings tears to my eyes, literally, wow. because I saw in them, I knew that FAMU was producing, I knew that other HBCUs were producing amazing people. But when they told me that they couldn't find them, I said, oh, wait a minute, Yes. I got a solution for that. Wow. And that's what we have to do. We have to be about the action. You can't sit up just talking about this stuff what are you doing to change the narrative around what diversity really is and should look like within our corporations? Oh,
0: my goodness. Uh, yes. We were referencing my line sister, Crystal Wortham, who is in Dubai now, just doing it with her family at the Ford Mortar Company. I mean, and she's doing amazing things. So thank you so much for seeing the talent that we all saw in <laughs> Crystal early on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you stayed with Ford how long? I stayed
1: with Ford Motor Company for 13 years.
0: Okay. Wow. And then, and then
1: I happened to read a book what called was, The Prayer of Jabez uh-huh. that talked about enlarging my territory. And it changed my life, you know, because I was very comfortable. I was so happy. Everything was perfect. They loved me. I loved them. I mean, it was, it was great. I, I had no reason to um really think that it was time for me to move yeah. other than I I knew that I at that time I wanted to be a chief procurement officer and I knew that that was not going to happen at Ford Motor Company mm-hmm. so I said I need to have some different experiences and but I was scared yes you know scared to do anything I was in a very comfortable place right and um I read that book And boy, did that start the wheels turning. And I I received a a call from a recruiter and I never answered those calls. I never, my resume wasn't updated, none of that. Mm -hmm. But when she said she had this opportunity, I said, well, what is it? Mm -hmm. And I ended up going on on three job interviews, got three job offers um, (laughs) and decided to take a job with um, a role that I I loved uh, at, Gillette in Boston, Massachusetts.
0: Wow. Wow. So now you're at Gillette in Boston, Massachusetts. And what was this experience like? I mean, Boston is a different type of town. Um, What were you able to to accomplish there?
1: Well, God had already set up everything for me. Yeah. See, while I was scared and trying to figure things out, God had already set up Everything that I needed to be successful in Boston. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to understand and be aware of, that when you are walking in purpose and you are being obedient, it's already done. It's already set up. All you have to do is be diligent in doing the work. Right. And so I decided that I was going to be obedient to this enlarging of my territory. Mm-hmm. And wow, Boston was so amazing. I didn't want to leave. I loved Boston. Now, everybody said, now, wait a minute. You're a black woman in Boston. Boston you right. <laughs> right. I'm, I've never That's heard this. That's what God will do. Right. That's what he'll do. And so I had young children at the time, two boys. And... They, we found uh, a person to take care of them for me. Mm-hmm. My job was amazing. They told me, "Hey, we've never given a new employee award before, but we want to give you a new employee award because you come in here and you just change things." Wow! I mean, it, everything was seamless. Everything was smooth. It was wonderful. They created a role for my husband. He had left his job in in automotive. We went to uh, Boston with just one person having a job. Mm-hmm. They created one for him. Wow. Do you hear me? Yes. You didn't hear me. I did. Yes, ma'am. Created. Yes, big sister. <laughs> they created a role for him. And so he helped to launch one of their new systems, the shaving systems. I mean, everything was great. And so I, it was a lesson to me on how to really have faith. yes. What does it look like? What does faith really look like? Mm -hmm. And when you have it, recognizing that all things will work together for good.
0: Yes. Where do you get your ability to implement change from?
1: I think it's my insatiable desire to uh, to really make a difference and to use my skills and my talents to do so 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 because i'm always asking questions because i'm always engaging and understanding It's this thirst for knowledge and going to my next level of excellence and i recognized early on that that was my true competition it wasn't other women it wasn't other people it was how do you sonia go to your next level of excellence and when you do that what happens? Mm-hmm. That's what the magic is. That's what the secret sauce is. And so once I really truly understood that, I think that 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 started while I was still at FAMU, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So once I started understanding that because it's a journey. It's yes. a process. Right. Then I was able to do it and show up consistently doing it, just simply because I have that thirst for knowledge and the desire to serve. Yes. It really is a part of who I am.
0: Yeah, your fabric your fabric. So you're at the Gillette company. They created a, an opportunity for your husband. He implements a razor system. And then how did you end up with, so is Gillette and Procter and Gamble, they the same company? Well, now they are, but they weren't at the time. Okay. So (laughs) what was the transition after that?
1: So then I get a call in the middle of the night and a friend says, Hey, did you know that PNG is going to buy Gillette And I'm like, what? (laughs) We just uprooted the family. We got everything is perfect here. Why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Why would they do that? Right. And um, I said, oh, my gosh, this means that we may be faced with having to move again. Mm. And I hate moving. Yeah. (laughs) Who loves it? Does anybody love moving? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I think some people get You know, get some joy out of it, but I don't. Yeah, me neither. And so um, I said, my husband and I said, well, we're not moving to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. That's all to it. We're not going. And I started receiving those recruiter calls again because a lot of recruiters knew that people weren't going to want to go from Boston to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And I said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go and be a VP before the age of 40. Because that was my goal right so I thought this is what was happening and I'm gonna make this money I had a set I had everything set everything that I wanted to happen right okay
0: uh-huh.
1: and God said no you're not yeah. <laughs> I mean I heard before it was so clear no right. that's not where you're going nope no nope. you're not going being a VP somewhere nope no nope. you're going to Cincinnati. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Cincinnati. And so I talked to the leaders and some of the leaders at at P&G had reached out and said, you know, hey, you're doing some things at Gillette that we're not even doing. And you only you've only been at Gillette for a short period of time. How did you do this? How did you make it happen? Well, it's because of those relationships that I was talking about, because I showed up In my authentic self, true to who I was, my vision and my strategies, people could understand them. And because I was establishing relationships, I was able to drive the success that I desired. Mm -hmm. And so the leaders at P&G were like, well, we want to create a space for you. Create a space. (laughs) Girl, they created a role for me. Oh, my gosh they have been trying for 7 years to get all of their media buying P&G is the largest advertiser in the world all these billions and billions and billions of dollars and at the time 7 billion and they wanted to bring that into the purchasing organization mm-hmm. because the marketing people were buying it and they said hey we've been unsuccessful for 7 years trying to get this done we want you to come over here, design the global media sourcing organization, and then run it. <laughs> wow. And I said, okay, y'all trying to set me up for failure? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you haven't been able to do it for seven years, <laughs> what would make you think that I could come in and do it? And they said, we we saw what you did at Gillette. Now, see, you got to remember, I didn't want to leave mm-hmm. for Motor Company. Mm-hmm. But I needed to leave so that the people could see what I was capable of doing as right. I was going to that next level of excellence. Right. But I didn't want it. So you see how sometimes we're fighting for the very thing that we're asking for.
0: Right.
1: We're fighting it. So I had to finally learn how to just acquiesce and say, here I am, Lord, just use me. Mm-hmm. And I went and took that role at Procter & Gamble. And, and as you can imagine, I, I, I don't know if they've ever had another African-American. I mean, that was the first time an African-American woman running the joint, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And designing the organization and then running it. I mean, and I don't think since I left, I I don't think anyone of color has had that role again. So imagine the significance for such a large, amazing organization like Procter & Gamble. And so, uh, again, if I had not gone to Gillette, then I would not have had the opportunity that I did at Procter & Gamble. So right. that's why those choices and those decisions are so important.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: so I, uh, uh, in a little over a year, launched the organization and uh, had amazing results that had never been achieved in that space mm-hmm. uh, before simply by doing what I do, and that mm. is using relationships. And so I went around the world and helped everyone understand the vision. And then uh, folks were enrolled in it. I spent time with people communicating. In the absence of information, people will make stuff up. So you have to make sure that you are communicating and sharing information because they will always go to the negative.
0: Yes. In the
1: sense of information people will always go to the negative and you don't want that yes. and i didn't have time to unravel that so i knew it was important for me to go and and just be who i am the core of who i am right. and bring that to life
0: wow beautiful beautiful so you're having all of this major success in corporate america i mean it's you've been living a dream and obviously you've yep. been being compensated for it you know, amazing marriage, your children are doing well. I mean, everything's great. And then God taps on your heart and says, I got something else for you to do. That's something that you are, you would not even begin to grasp unless you walk.
1: The sister accord is laid in your lap. Oh, My gosh. I think that my soul and spirit was troubled Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know it. And I was looking for a solution. I have a mentee from every continent with the exception of Antarctica. (laughs) Wow. And what I found, no matter what your socioeconomic background, race, religion, none of those things mattered. No no matter who the person was, my female mentees and my male mentees in corporate America had very different conversations that they were coming to to me with and, and wanting to talk about. My male mentees were coming talking about business innovation ideas and all these things they wanted me to help them think through. My female mentees were saying, you know, I don't really like Sharon. You know, I'm struggling with my relationship with Tina. You know, I don't really trust Diane. Mm. And I said, what is going to happen if men are over here focusing on the business But the women are focusing on each other. Hmm. We'll never be able to get to the C-suite. We'll never be able to get to the board. So I knew that my soul and spirit was trying to figure it out. I just didn't know that God had an assignment linked to it. Mm -hmm. And so I was asked to speak at an inaugural event for President Obama's uh, first inauguration on Capitol Hill. Okay. And went to sleep one night after praying about it and saw the sister record in my dream. (laughs) Wow! and got scared. I'm like, what do I do with this? And um, I was supposed to speak at the event. I asked the young lady who invited me if I could change her program. Now, you know, that's a lot of. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Can I change your program and just issue this resolution at the end? And she said, well, let me hear it. Well, I read it to her and there was silence. And what did I say about in the absence of information? Right. People make stuff up. Right. Because she was silent, I said, oh, this was stupid. Why did I say this? Why did I do this? Why did I ask this? And the words that came out of her mouth next changed my life. She said, Sonia, this is so incredibly beautiful. You will be before kings and queens with this. Mm. You will be before kings and queens with this. And I said, okay, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> And I presented on Capitol Hill and people went crazy. I mean, folks were following up, calling me from all parts of the world because there were people from everywhere there saying, what are you going to do with this? This is so powerful. And I said, nothing. I'm going back to my job. I like this job and it it pays a lot of money and Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable. And remember that comfortable word? Yes. And I had to go from being comfortable to courageous, Mm. fearful to fear, faithful. So fearful to faithful. Right. It was scary. Yes. Because all I ever knew was corporate America. I figured that out. I understood how to thrive in that environment. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. What mm. do you mean? Launch a, launch a global movement. Huh? What does that look like? So I was scared to death. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So you, you, you walked away from all of this? Can you believe it? I can't. I still can't. I still, literally, some days I, I wake up and I'm like, okay, Laura, was this really what you wanted? Because I still cannot believe that I left corporate America. I really can't.
0: And I'm sure when you told your colleagues, you know, oh my god, your, your 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 mentees, <laughs> like
1: everybody was like, you gonna do what with who? <laughs> I thought i had Some people were crying when the men started crying. I was like, oh, what's going on here? But they kept saying. You're different. Mm -hmm. You're so different from a typical leader. You know, I always thought when I first saw you that, oh, she's going to be hard to talk to or, you know, she's going to be intimidating. But you loved on us. You took care of us. Who's going to do that when you leave? So I actually really struggled with who's going to take care of these people when I I leave. And and God said, "Um, that's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have done what I've asked you to do in that uh, environment. And now it's time for you to move to this next assignment. So yes. I had to really deal with my feelings around leaving. I, I really didn't want to leave.
0: Right. Did w- tell me about the conversation with your husband, when you said, I'm about to walk away from all of this. <laughs> you <Yeah, he's> crazy?
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, he's always been supportive. So, you know, he was like, "Okay," but I don't think he even understood the magnitude. And and this is why it's so important for people to recognize when you've been given an assignment from God. Yes. People who are closest to you just may not see it. They won't get it.
0: They They may
1: not get it. Yeah. And you got to be okay with that. Mm hmm. That is so hard, though, for, for most people, right? It's hard for us because we want them to cheer us on and woohoo, sis, boom, ba, uh-uh. What if you don't get any of that? Right. Are you going to be obedient to what you've been called to do, recognizing that it's not about you? You are doing this assignment and fulfilling this thing for the people you have been called to serve. Yes. See, there were little girls all over the world who needed to know that they're amazing just as they are. Mm-hmm who need to know that we can collaborate instead of competing and trying to take each other out. Right. That they don't have to accept bullying. And if you're the bully that you need to stop bullying and deal with your pain. Mm-hmm. See, that's what the sister core was all about. And I just had no idea that all these people around the world were waiting for me to bring my dream to life.
0: Wow. What was the first step in the assignment?
1: The first step in the assignment was, Thinking about how I would take that resolution that was presented on Capitol Hill and really, and I call it my life integration plan. It's something that I created. How can people live the sister core? Recognizing that we're socialized as girls to not like each other. Mm. Most people don't realize that. We are socialized as little girls to not like each other. I know it. And so it starts so early at the age of four. So, so when you see who wore it best, mm-hmm. parents, yes, but yes. parents, And you see all of the cat fighting and all the other things that happen, and you write and you begin to put it all together, and you're saying, Oh my gosh, this is what people are trying to tell us as little girls that we should be doing, that we should be over here competing. I'm gonna take my ball. And I'm going to go over here with Jenny because mm-hmm. I don't like you no more. Mm. And how we mistreat each other, because we can be vicious. Oh, men, yeah, I know. In corporate America, men, I saw it all the time. They may not like each other, but they would still support each other and help each other. When we don't like each other, it's a, it takes on a whole nother level of hate. Yeah. It really does. We can be really, really vicious to each other. And so I knew that I had to give people skills and tools to unravel that mentality because so many women and girls would say, I don't trust girls. I don't do girls. I don't like mm-hmm. girls. You hear, that. you hear that all the time. Time. All the time. And as a woman, when you say that, it harms your spirit because you're a woman. Yes. So how can you say that you don't do women when you're a woman? Mm-hmm. It it, once you can change the narrative on how you talk about women and the relationship that you have with them, you can begin to see yourself differently as well. Right. And that's what the Sister Accord uh, message and all of the programs that I've developed—that's what it does.
0: Wow! 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 So you've been all over the world trying to get one billion girls and women to love themselves and love each other. What does that
1: look like? Tell me, like, what does your everyday walk look like now? Well, what's so exciting to me is the way that I have structured my business. There are multiple ways of engaging with people and, and, and allowing them to live the principles of what I'm talking about. The Sister Accord Leadership Development Program is now being integrated into school systems. Wow. Sister. I mean the Cincinnati Public School system the 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 program is now integrated the curriculum my curriculum is integrated uh, across the the district and now we're in Southfield Michigan we're getting ready to uh go into some schools in Brooklyn wow and we're, we're out in Los Angeles and so the dream the vision is is now just coming to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a jewelry line, uh, the sister court um, jewelry collection where I partnered with another sister in the Dayton uh, Ohio area where she designed based on this vision that I had where I wanted people to see each other yeah just see each other and have something to represent the fact that they were they were safe right. And when people see these bracelets and necklaces on each other, it is amazing what's happened in, in com- at conferences or uh, in the workplace. People will say, oh, my gosh, I saw someone and they had a sister accord jewelry piece on. And I knew that I was safe and I didn't have to go through. Uh, can I trust this person? Right. Will this person harm me. No, we're on the same page. We're sisters on one accord. And so um, I, I was really pleased that Macy's agreed to do a test for us because, you know, my background was not retail. Right. right. Retail, so I needed to get some experience. And so I'm really, really uh, we've been very blessed uh, to be able to uh, have that kind of experience. And then, uh, you know, uh, in addition to that, I, I'm able to consult companies. Uh, with the power of sisterhood and leadership, with great leaders have great relationships. So I'm going into companies and promoting sisterhood and brotherhood and love. Now, that's crazy. Yeah, right. But people think, OK, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I I love the the tagline in one of the Apple videos, the people who are crazy enough to believe that they can change the world are the ones who do. Wow. And so now I have this opportunity to use all of my gifts and talents to be able to serve and and bless others. Yes.
0: Speaking of uh, those gifts and talents, I mean you, you we had a, you had a book out that I was featured in along with Jen Price. Yes. Uh it was another cool sort. Is another book on the horizon.
1: Yes, and I am so excited about this. You know, so one of the things that I've been actively engaged in as I do my coaching and, and the work that I'm doing to mentor uh, so many people around the world is um, really talking about what are those things that get in the way that really emanate from our childhood experiences. Yes. And we know that there are uh, adverse childhood experiences that students can have and traumatic Situations that students can have, often in our neighborhoods, right? Right. Uh, across the uh, country. And so now I am addressing that, yeah. Re- ha- helping parents recognize, because there's no manual for being a parent. Absolutely not. So helping them understand the things that we do and the things that we don't do, the things that we say and the things that we don't say, and how that impacts our children. And Mm -hmm. so uh, the next book is 51 Ways to Love Your Children, and it's going to come out this year. Wow, that's awesome. I'm so excited about this because I really think that it's going to help us all go to our next level of excellence in rearing human beings who really understand that we have to put the human back in humanity. Yes. We, are, we, are, we have way too many young people who are engaged in violence. We have way too many young people who are participating in the hate. Mm-hmm. And I want to reverse that. And I think the way that we rear them, how we talk to them, um, and how we really truly engage uh, around this whole thing of love, um, is really what's 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 needed at the end of the day wow
0: wow and you know Sonia you talked a little bit earlier about you know how well I've, I guess I've just been noticing throughout the conversation how you started the sister accord as a nonprofit and then you've moved mm-hmm. into a for-profit space are you teaching other organizations like because I've talked about mine like how can I grow sporty girls where it can you know can be profitable as well are you teaching other companies like
1: mine mm-hmm. how to make that transition well, I kept getting the question, sis, you know, <laughs> how did you do this? Yeah, how did, um, you know, achieved so much so quickly. Um, and, you know, the first answer is, it's all from God, right? From right. Me. Um, but then I had to think about, OK, well, what were the steps? And so I actually. Um, created something called dreamwalking. And I actually created this process. Um, I'm a process girl. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I created this process for my partnership with Disney. So Disney Dreamers Academy with Steve Harvey and Essence Magazine. Um, I sit on the advisory board um, for the speakers group. And I wanted to do something to really share um, the journey that I was on as I birthed, the Sister Accord. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm the doula of dreams. I help people bring their dreams to life wow. um, whether it's within their corporations or they want to start a business. But it's a process of taking your dream from your heart, that thing that burns inside of you to your head where you can see it. Because, see, you got to see this thing. hmm. To your hands, because you've got to put the work in. So many people will think, oh, it's just going to happen. No, it's not. (laughs) You've got to put a lot of work into it. And then ultimately to your feet, where you are walking in purpose and designing your destiny. And so now it's become one of my signature programs. That is absolutely
0: outstanding. We need it for those people who are really trying to transition
1: their nonprofit,
0: you know, um, and so much more. Absolutely. When was the point where you were starting to make more money than you were when you were, quote unquote, living this amazing corporate America dream?
1: Mm. Wow. You know, so the way that I approached when I left um, Procter & Gamble at the end of 2013, I really only wanted to focus on my foundation. I wanted to get all of my programming right and tight. I wanted everything to be really on a firm foundation. So I only, the first two years, I only focused on the Sister Accord Foundation, where we have three areas of focus, educating girls and women. We give scholarships, enlightening girls and women of the power of sisterhood, and then eradicating bullying and violence against girls and women. And so that was it. I said, I've got to stay focused. Then I began to figure out how can I monetize? Yeah. What are the different streams of income? I tell my dream workers all the time, we have to have at least five streams of income. I relied on one for over 20 years. I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I um, started then putting the Sonia Jackson Miles brand together. Right. Once I did that, I began to sell. So that I could take all of my experiences managing seven and six billion dollar businesses, coaching CEOs, you know, all the things that I had been doing in corporate America. Then I was able to take it and figure out how I could structure a business. And so probably in a little over a year and a half, I actually surpassed my salary. You know, now P&G gave lots of other things. Yes. But um. Uh, my salary. I actually surpassed my salary um, in 2016. Wow, that, that is so fantastic. <laughs> is that crazy or what? I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by it just saying it. Yeah, I really am because I was so afraid that I couldn't do all the amazing things that I was doing in corporate America. Why would I believe that I couldn't do it on my own. Yes. That's what happens to us, right? We go for the head fake. Mm-hmm. And so it really blows my mind because I was so afraid for so long um, that I was able to do that. Wow. That is,
0: I've been saying wow throughout this entire interview because it's <laughs> just, it
1: really speaks to obedience. Your that's what journey it is. speaks to obedience. Yes. It's, it's that's what it is. It. Yeah. That's it. I am God is no respecter of person. So if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Yes. And so all I'm doing is being obedient. And that's what I say and share with my dreamwalkers. And, and when I speak, you know, there's nothing special about me. I'm just being obedient. And um, is it scary? Absolutely. Are there days when I say, uh, okay, God, I don't really think this is what you want me to do. My unbelief kicks in. Absolutely. I have to get that bounce back. Mm -hmm. And that's what I talk about. We got to shake that thing. You know, yes, you can might go there because we're human. You can go there for a minute, but you got to come back to being obedient. Man.
0: Wow. You are changing lives with this conversation today. You really really are changing lives speaking of your life being changed in spring of 1989 via the beta alpha chapter of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated you became a member did alpha kappa alpha choose you or did you choose alpha kappa alpha
1: well it's an interesting question that you asked because i grew up around a lot of women from delta sigma theta in my um in my uh family Mm -hmm. and so you can only imagine the conversation right. that we had when I said, "Whoa, you know, I'm going to change some stuff up here." Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, when I went to FAMU, I don't know that I was really bent on Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated, but I got to tell you, when I saw those women mm. on Florida A and M's campus, just class, you know, beautiful and kind, and smart, and doing their thing. Um, I was drawn to them. And I still keep in touch with many of those women who, um, you know, I met in my freshman year. And they just, they just wrapped their arms around me. And they, they just loved on me. Mm -hmm. And um, I just knew that uh, there was no other way. Wow. Beautiful. What was Beta Alpha like back
0: then? And although we're just separated by a mere six years of when we became members through the Beta Alpha
1: chapter. But what was what was it like? Mm, it was just, you know, it's it's hard to even at- articulate because it was just a feeling mm-hmm. of power and unity. Right. Um, I mean, those those sisters, they really took care of each other, um, supported each other. Um, there there was just such a powerful sisterhood. Um, and you could just feel it. Yes. You know, no one had to say it. You could just feel it. And um, that's what really, really attracted me to this amazing organization, you know, so much uh, focus on serving. Yes. And that Aligns with who I am and my purpose of serving, and so um, it was just a natural fit, I, I think, because I was seeing myself. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I didn't know all of the things that I would eventually do, um, they, sh- they they stirred up something right uh, inside.
0: Beautiful, beautiful.
1: So, what is your definition of cool? Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. I love that question because I use that word a lot. <laughs> right, right. I use that word a lot. Um, I would say that my definition of cool is um, being able to just be you. Mm-hmm. You know, walking in your truth, recognizing and understanding that you have an assignment that is is divine in nature yes. that you were fearfully and wonderfully made and now being cool is making sure that you're walking in it yes so you know, that, that is you know that authenticity that I always talk about um that's what it's all about and and that's what's cool yes.
0: <laughs> and that is you Sonia
1: <laughs> Oh, thank you, sister. I appreciate that.
0: I so appreciate you. Uh, tell everybody how can, how they can keep in touch with you, see all that you're doing, and become a part of this mission and this uh, vision that you have for The Sister Accord.
1: So I have um, three websites that I will share. So we have thesisteraccord.com, so it's the you got to put the the in there. Yes, sister. Accord. A C C O R D is in dog.com. and I have Jackson dot com, Sonia Jackson Miles S O N I A Jackson Miles M Y L E S dot com. And on this site, you can actually get one of my uh, books. Uh, it's an ebook. Seven essential steps to bring your dream to life. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, you can see other information about my background. And then I have the dreamwalkingcourse.com where you will see what this whole dreamwalking thing is all about. And it's a movement. It really is a movement um, that we have now started uh, to ensure that we are walking in purpose. And I believe that once the world, see my, 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 my ultimate goal in life is to unite the world on one accord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, we all have to be operating in purpose. And I really think that the imbalance that we see today is occurring because we're not all operating in purpose. Wow! wow. When we can do that, I think we will change the trajectory of what we're seeing mm-hmm. uh, today. Mm-hmm. We, w- we will give our children a world that they deserve. Yes. And so dreamwalkingcourse.com is where they can see additional information about uh, the program and actually register because the next class, the next six week class starts uh, February, mid February.
0: Okay, awesome. So I'm glad we were able to let everybody know well in advance uh, so that they, they can uh,
1: jump on board. They can, they can they can register and be a part of the next class. And, you know, we're going to, um, you know, it's not going to be a big class uh, because I have so many other things that are going on. So space will be limited. So people who are serious, see you can't sit on opportunity. Mm-hmm. You can't procrastinate. Mm-hmm. You have to move. Um, and so people will need to move quickly and, and register Because this next class is going to be on fire. All of the cohorts have been amazing. And we just wrapped up uh, the 11th cohort. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting ready to launch the 12th cohort uh, mid-February.
0: Beautiful. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your story. You have changed lives today. And I am very, very grateful to have had this conversation with you.
1: Well, oh, it is an honor. You know, I love you to pieces. I have, um, you know, from the very first time we spoke on the phone and you agreed to be a part of the book, um, you know, and then just seeing you and all of the amazing things that you are doing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I smile with so much joy because when you win, I win. Oh, wow. Thank you. I you love you, too. Saying? Yes, I do. I understand. all win. And that's the way that I want people to see each other and to celebrate each other.
0: And I know that we will. And if you if we haven't, uh, they will after this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there
1: won't be any questions.
0: There's no question. You got to love your sister. And I love you, sister. Sonia Jackson Miles, everybody. Thank you so much.
1: My name is Sonia Jackson-Miles, and I am the founder of the Sister Accord and the doula of dreamwalking, and I am a cool soror of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated.